I learned I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. Critchley is a Port Leash and Leash legend. Not only is he Leash's only ever hurling all star, he lined out with the Leash footballers as well and was a br- brilliant basketballer too. He won 14 county titles for Port Leash, seven in football and seven in hurling, along with an All Ireland club title for the footballers and three Leinster clubs. He went on to manage the Leash senior hurlers, beating Kilkenny in the league and losing by only two points to them in the championship. He managed Aerobe footballers to a Leinster title and he's currently training the Port Leash footballers. He managed the Leash ladies to two Leinster titles. He managed Carlo IT footballers to a Sigerson Cup final. He was PE teacher in Presentation College Port Leash, where he managed their basketball and football teams to numerous All-Ireland titles and was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award by Basketball Ireland. He's also been honoured with a Leinster GEA Hall of Fame Award. I haven't even mentioned the huge work he's done at underage and development level with hurling and football in Leash and the fact that he wrote a book in his spare time. It's called Hungry Hill. I'm delighted to say Pat joins us on the line now. Pat, you're too modest for an introduction like that. Hey Wally, Wally, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a busy time uh, over the, over the years. Like, but uh, but I was just saying that uh, um, you know, I remember Brian Cody mentioned there a year or two back that you, you know, you know, people said just uh, uh, you you put in a fierce sacrifice. Like, it, it never feel like you, you don't do something for that length of time without loving it. Like, you just just love the coaching and and uh, and and um, and it's not a chore. You know, it's it's yeah. something that. You, enjoy and uh, something I'm missing at the moment obviously with the with the, with the lockdown and hoping to get back uh, it's pretty soon again. I think we'll be letting the youngsters out into the fields at the end of this month or the end of April uh, next month we're looking yeah. forward to that it's definitely an addiction for you Pat because like I said some people say to me the odd time why don't you manage a team and I said geez I'm working all day in GEA I wouldn't be I couldn't be doing it again in the evening I'd be driven mad like I mean you're working managing and coaching teams you're a PE teacher for all those years and even in the evenings then you know you're taking other teams yeah I got got into coaching actually through necessity uh, when I joined the basketball club back in the seventies, uh, I was only sixteen, and there was no one to coach in the fourteens, you know. And uh, so, so I started started coaching um, nineteen seventy six, uh, and uh, through necessity. But I just grew grew to love it then, you know. And it's probably the reason why I went uh, on to become a, a teacher and a PE teacher. And um, but but I think uh, over over the years in in the uh, the teacher, I took a a, a career break and did a, a, a round a round trip um, around the world trip and uh, I, th- I think those little breaks and kind of recharging the the batteries and then I did as a conman but uh, 
least year for three years and then went back to the school again that you you, uh, you would go back to the to the school with renewed energy and probably everyone probably needs that in their in their, in their career to, to get yeah a, no, uh, yeah no. Yeah, that's true. I believe in Presentation College you had some run-ins with the nuns in 1985 when you wanted to start up the football in Camogie. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was a different world. Like you know, um, they, they felt that the, the ladies' football was 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 too unladylike, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was too rough. And um, you know, there was uh, the, the um, there was volleyball and, and basketball. Uh, the basketball was was the volleyball was no contact at all. Like and the basketball was 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 allowed, but uh, the first year we we um we weren't allowed the football, but we got to go in the second year and and uh, and and did well from then from then on. Um, uh, Elaine Hayes, captain of our, our basketball team, to win the Ireland, but she, she was also on um, the first football team that won, won the Ireland. There was no A's or B's or C's or anything at that time, right. and. Um, uh, and then her her daughter captained uh, the team to win the senior A there two years ago. It's actually two years ago this week. Um, so so there was a uh, we 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 got going on the football and you know at that time there were very few schools playing. You know it's it's incredible the uh, the explosion uh, of of interest and and the raising of the standards in in that game over over a relatively short period of time uh, in in those uh, intervening years. Did, did to, you- to, to an extent where, you know, the 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 um the attendances at the ladies all Ireland's like, you know, massive like, uh, you know, getting getting those those type of crowds uh, uh, following uh, the supporting the game. Yeah, and obviously the Portlaoise ladies won the county final this year, which was a which was a big one um, for Portlaoise as well. You you mentioned uh, uh, being over the basketball since you were sixteen, but you were leash manager in the mid nineties. Like, I mean, you you only must have been just after finishing up um, your own career at that stage. Yeah, uh, towards t- towards the towards the end of the eighties, I, I got got um, knee injuries. Uh, I'd be problem with with the, the lining of the bone in the knee, and really kind of finished my playing career a little bit earlier than I would have. Um, you know, I did play on. Basketball, but not not at a, a serious level for a number of years after that. So I wouldn't have been that long, having finished. Probably looking back on it, Willie, I'd say it was probably a, a little bit young for for it as well. You know, the mid mistakes that you look back on now, like a, a, an obvious one that I, I would um, think is is that you know everyone's kind of nostalgic for their own era and stuff. And yeah. I, I probably would have been harping on about the eighties team. You know that. That team didn't want to be hearing about the eighties team. They wanted to hear about the nineties team, you know, their team, and what was relevant for them at the time. At the same time, we had a, we had a great great run of it. We we um we, we got an awful beating in the championship the first year against Wexford, and uh, but the following year, like we we came damn close to beating. Uh, we 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 beat Kilkenny in the in the league earlier that year, and came very close to beating them over in Carlow in the championship. Uh, uh, Dave save at the end, but the Kilkenny goalie like kept us kept us out and. Uh, uh, I remember in that league game, um, I remember hearing that we played the awfully in, in the um, Leinster final eighty five, and uh, we were in both Leinster finals that year. And um, uh, but they they went for the juggler early on and they scored three goals against us. We'd, we'd normally have very tight games against them, but they, they beat as well that day. And I heard uh, anecdotally after that they, they said that you beat beat Leash in the first ten minutes, but you have to beat Kilkenny in the last ten minutes. You know so. 
I remember in that league game, we, we, we prepared the guys mentally for that last 10 minutes against Kilkenny. And uh, at that time, you know, a manager could go wherever he liked, like I was in behind the goals there and uh, shouting in last 10, last 10, you know, Sir Duggan's team, Mel Reedney and the boys. And it was like the Alamo, but the, but the, they held out uh, against them for the last 10 minutes. It was a great, great victory for us um, at, at, at that time. You, you you mentioned uh, comparing the nineties teams to the eighties team, but it, that would be understandable considering no, no matter who I talk to now, even now, and to talk about leash hurling, to talk about the eighties team, and like I mean, you got to a Leinster finalist, you didn't win anything, but you remembered incredibly fondly, not just within leash, like outside of leash as well. Yeah, it was it was a, a massive run we had, or in, in the sense that uh, I, I was very lucky that. My first year, I went down to the team in nineteen eighty, and the fir- very first year, we we, um, we 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 beat. We came from eleven points down to beat Tipperary in the National League quarter final, and uh, after they beat us by a pint in the in the National League semi final, and they beat us by a pint in the Leinster semi final, and they went down one deal Ireland, and um, right, and and throughout those years, you know, we beat uh, we beat Kilkenny and. We lost to Kenny in a, in another National League semi final, and at the time, see, so didn't get any second doors in the championship. Like it was, uh, you, you, you lost, you were out. Like uh, we awfully beat us after a replay in '82 and got caught by Dublin '83. '84, we had a, we had a massive um, run. Like we 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 beat Kenny in a knockout game in the National League and Tippies in the quarter final. But then there was a Centenary Cup that year in '84, and uh, Limerick had won the National League. And we played them in the first round. We got them a uh, um, we, we gave him a guard of honour going onto the pitch, and then we beat him by a pint. And um, and then the following Sunday we beat uh, Tipperary in the quarter final by a pint on Nolan Park. And the following Sunday we beat Galway by a pint uh, in in Turles And uh, and then Cork beat as well in in the the following Sunday in the final. And then the the fifth Sunday we we lost to Kilkenny in the championship. You know, but uh, the the buzz around the county that time was incredible. Like, uh, you know, going to the matches and the streams of supporters because they, they they hadn't seen anything like that since the forties. You know, and uh, and to be playing these type of teams and uh, 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 and uh, beating them was was new. Like, and I, I remember even my first year when we beat uh, Tipperary. Um, there was there was uh, you know Liam O'Neill's dad, Billy O'Neill, and. Billy Bowen played in the 49 final. Uh, Billy O'Neill played in the 34 minor All Ireland, but they, they were crying in the dressing room, you know. And right. the, the, it was like that. The, it was almost revenge for 49 kind of thing, you know. But uh, it was a massive time to be playing, and and uh, and we'd we'd have we'd have fabulous team like as well, you know. Um, uh, really good hurlers. Do, do, that coincided obviously with a brilliant Portlaoise team that came along and we'll we'll get on to that in a few minutes was it Georgie Lahey that kind of turned the fortunes around or was it a good team that came through Pat because um, I, I was reading a good one about uh, someone said I think it was I think it was you said it that Leash went down to play Limerick and scored two points and someone said afterwards look at Leash went down to Limerick to get two points and they got two points it was a National League game like I mean this was I suppose just before that good team came along uh, yeah, it was well, it was a combination. Like Charge brought a great uh, confidence into the team, you know, and um, and uh, it coincided with a really good good group, and it was great camaraderie. Um, there, there was great characters around it as well, you know, Scobie Wall, Castellan, Sabu Wheel, and there, there was um, there was a great story. Uh, Eugene Fennelly was a fabulous hurler with us from Abilix, and um, 
when, when we when we played awfully in that uh, 81 Leinster semi-final it was a double bill like, like Wexford were playing Kilkenny in the second game and uh, so it was the first really big game that Leash Hurd has played in Crow Park for years it was probably going to be 40,000 or 50,000 there and um, the, uh, the, the, there's a, a little area called Killamook Avalations there in Avaliques they, they, they heard a minibus and um, uh, they parked in Parallel Square but uh, one of the guys got got lost from the rest of them and um, so so there was there was hundreds going through the turnstiles at the canal end and uh, it was not released that overheard them and uh, they got to the styles to, to pay his money said and he signed out the Killamook boys you know like and we, we slagged Eugene Fenley for years after that like when we've gone to a match and he signed out the Killamook boys uh, uh, you know like uh, uh, are they coming today you know so it was um, it, like it was it was just huge uh, it's it, it was it, it was a totally different experience for the, for the supporters these type of games at the time. Yeah, they got lost. That's the old joke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, come here. So, um, nineteen eighty five obviously was a, an unbelievable year for you because, like you said, you made the Leinster final. I, you got hammered with. I think the final score was five fifteen to seventeen points. So you know it was the goals obviously that killed you. But you had a brilliant win against Dublin, a brilliant win against Wexford, and for your performances, you're that year, your leash is only ever hurling all-star. Like, I mean, you must be very proud of that. Yeah, we, we got, um, myself and John Taylor got replacement officers the year, be, year before, fr- from the year before, um, uh, like at, the, at that time, we were on the all-star trip in 85, like we just got back um, and um, uh, yeah, that, uh, t- things went really well in the Dublin match and, and the Wexford match not so good in the final and at that time it was wasn't uh there might be a few highlights but there wouldn't be games televised you know and um because of leash's run and getting to the leinster final you're probably we're probably going to get one all-star that was kind of the way of it but uh unfortunately john taylor was sent off in the dublin national league game and uh that was the rule at the time so um right i'd say it, it, it would have been john taylor's all-star you know he probably john should have probably um, one, two or three All-Stars around that time, you know, but um, you, you had to be kind of getting into that level of the championship for, to have any uh, chance of getting one, like, you know, so, so there, was, there was only one got at the time, but um, it definitely would have been would have been John, except for those circumstances. Well, know. I do, any time I have a conversation around you getting an All-Star and Port Leash or Leash, ah, Pat should have got one, but Jesus, John Taylor should have got one as well back in those times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like it was an incredible hurler, um, and uh, and and you know there were there were there were, there were savage um, uh, players. You know, um, PJ Martin Cuddy and uh, uh, Maggie Welsh is the the only one that we've lost uh, from from that uh, team. God rest him. Uh, you know, Christy Jones, John Delaney, Billy Bowen, um, and Eugene Fenley, as I mentioned. There were so many. Uh, the other thing on on, on the that I forgot to mention the '84 centenary final in the Kilkenny Championship. Like was the, the Tom Flynn got a cruise that time to finish his career, and, and we're also missing John Bone for those two games, uh, which were huge uh, losses for us as well. You know that time. Right. But it was some fantastic uh, players there, that, uh, and m- many of whom could 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 have got an All Star. When when you got the All Star, how did you find out about it? Like, I mean, presumed it was a ceremony. It's not like you get a text now or the heads up. Did you find out on the night, or how did it all work back in '85? Um, that year, the um, the the 
the hur- the hurlers had been told before the night and they were announcing the football, and then they used to reverse it every year. Like at, um, I, I do remember um, getting a, a message to 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 ring. Um, I, I think it was in a car. Could have been up visiting a friend of mine, Paul Marin, at the time. At the time, but uh, I'm not sure. I remember ringing a, from a kiosk in Manistrevan, and it was Mick Don. He was a leashman as well. He was uh, chairperson of the selectors, and he was he was uh, he was uh, thrilled uh, be, being from Leash as well to 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 give the news, and and that was that was uh, prior to the night. Right. Okay. And like I mean, obviously travelled up the night and. Few drinks, celebrate, become Alicia's first ever All Star. Yeah, so like um, uh, the, 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 the um, like I, I, I didn't drink till I was twenty three. You know, I didn't. Someone said I could have made up for it after that, but with <laughs> the first night, night of it, I remember um, uh, we were playing a, a basketball tournament out in Portran, um, and and. Uh, leaving the following morning, the hotel for to go to play the basketball, and um, uh, and and still under the weather, like uh, for the first game, and Ireland were playing Wales in the uh, in in the rugby, and um, at some stage during the day, like we had several games during during the day, uh, some of the rest of the team went on the beer watching the match, like and by the time our last game played, it was probably the only one sober, or one of the few ones that were sober. <laughs> that was the day after the also. Um, and uh, so yeah, with a good with a good crack of it, like uh, I think there was a, a part out in Ali Plunkett's in Grosvenor Park. There was a few leash guys up at that uh, that following night. So it must have been a great time to be playing, Pat. Like I mean, leash going well for the first time in such a long time. You're winning all our clubs with the footballers. The, the Portlaoise hurlers are winning. You know, which at that time wouldn't have been used to be winning at all. Like, I mean, I was reading when you were under twenty-one, you were lining out for fifteen teams. <laughs> like, I mean, you're a busy man. I uh, it was fantastic. You now, um, you know, we, 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 it was a a golden age for for the club as well. You know, um, and um, but both hurling and football, and and um, yeah, you know, the the um, the the, the football uh, I learned with eighty-three, like, was a was a highlight, but. Winning the first hurling county final in 1981, because um, Leash hadn't won it since 1943. It was almost 40 years. Like, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a massive thing for for it happening. Now we had won 221, we, actually 79 of 21. We won another one in 81. Um, so there was good young players coming and uh, Nasser Lawler, and then they got Jimmy Dial up to train the team with Nasser and uh, um, Nasser hooked in. Like, so especially you look, looking back now, like. Uh, whether they knew it or not, the psychology that these guys would 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 use, like uh, Jimmy Daly would be talking about, they're talking down in Tipperary about this great young Portlaoise team, like the, you know, to be known down Tipperary talking about us. Like, <laughs> Nasser, I remember coming and said he used to he used to play golf. He was a member of Montreal, and he'd pull in for a pint, and he said he was he was in uh, Eddie Kerwin's, and he said there's um, there was a few commerce lads in there, and the only team that there. Worried about is this young Portlaoise team, you know, like they're worried about them because they're and because uh, their skill and and that they're 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 hardy hurlers and um, and they'd be known from commerce worrying about us at that stage either, you know, like uh, though we, we narrowly lost them in, in eighty, but um, but he also he also hooked in national coming up to that final that you see in the in in the early part of the last century, nearly all of the hurling county winners were were from the 
Kilkenny end of the county, that, that end of the county, um, you, you know, with um, uh, Kilcotton and and, uh, and Belagine and 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 also he, he hooked onto this old saying that was that the county final cup would never cross the Gully Bridge, and the Gully Bridge was decided by the colour between Abilene and Balacolla. But that year, Moore Park was closed down, so the final was fixed for Atdowney. So, right. so we could actually carry the cup over the goal. He hooked in on this all the week, coming up to the final. That will be the first team to carry the the, the Keith Cup across the Gully Bridge, you know. And um, so, after the win and everything, we we stopped the bus and we carried Nasser over the bridge. Uh, it's a great great memory. Like uh, they were going to throw him into the river, then we would have, would have killed him because there wasn't that many rocks in the river. <laughs> but memories. Yeah, but, but like, I mean, I, I, I'd say it probably were, was a bit of psychology about Tipperary or Cameras not speaking about that Portlaoise team. But when you look at it, Pat, it was the fir- when you won the first one, it was the first time in 40 years. Portlaoise have only, just to give it a bit of context, Portlaoise have only ever won 11 hurling county titles. And you and Cheddar's group of hurlers won seven of them in 11 years. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a huge... Um uh, it was a, a, a huge um, time to be playing with great um, and and it kind of came I, I think from there was some brilliant um, Christian brothers in the primary school back in the 60s and early 70s uh, brother Brazan, brother Summers brother Kelly, brother Ging and they were all great, um, great coaches as well as teachers and and and, and that, that and then you had uh, Bill Phelan and the juvenile committee, and then all our dads got involved in the juvenile um, committee, and uh, and all of that came true into the hurling football in in, in the eighties. You know, um, you know, you know, players like uh, Curly and, and uh, Colin Brown, and and in in the in the football, and and all the, the hurlers that came through the uh, came through those those years where the Christian brothers were were, were so strong in that primary school. So, as I was saying, 1985 was such a great year for you, obviously, the All-Star, and you were heading into a county final. It was a five-in-a-row county final, and you went and you played Dublin in a National League game in November, um, and you accidentally caught Paul Mulhair, which your follow-through, um, and he tragically died, I think it was the day after, Pat, and I know you don't often talk about this, and I appreciate you um, doing it. What, what do you remember about what happened that day? It was it was it was a basketball move that I used to make. I wasn't even aware of it at the time. I remember coaching. Um, I remember there was Nolan Keane and J- Jimmy's sister. I was coaching her, and in, in the and she would be going with her dad, the bomber, to all the hurling matches. And it was a minor match that I played against Dublin over in um, Tullamore. And when I was coaching that Tuesday, I said I saw, I saw you doing the the spin move, you know, and uh, where, where you kind of draw in a player as if you were striking maybe right handed, and then. You'd use what we call a, a reverse pivot in the basketball and strike left-handed, you know. And um, it was that kind of move, but whatever way it worked out, it, um, it connected with with Paul's helmet on on, on the swivel, you know. And uh, and uh, I was in the the um, the PE hall down down, down in um, the convent on the Monday, in, in between class, and had the radio on, and, and just this announcement came on the radio and. It just put shivers through me like that. Uh, I knew that there was a Dublin hurler I'd gone into hospital. Um, and Paul uh, lived for a few days. Then, then after that, and I'd been up and but uh, the whole the whole week was kind of like like a blur, you know. And um, 
but the Dub- the Dublin players, um, you, you know, uh, were were brilliant to me, and they wanted me to to play the game uh, to get back on uh, and play like uh, we we lost John Taylor as well, like but uh, I did come on in the game, but um, we we still only lost the game by a point, but um, I think maybe if it hadn't come on. Uh, we, we 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 maybe might have had a better chance of of, of uh, winning the game. But I remember Pat Malai was the the chairman and uh, the the meal after he said, "We know we lost the county final, but it was great to have Pat back playing." You know, so um, and I suppose like over the next while, like uh, sport is kind of therapeutic. You know, uh, uh, that when 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 you're when you, when you cross the, the line and you're playing, like it puts. Uh, everything out of, out of your mind a little bit for that yeah. hour, and even whether you're coaching or playing, you know, um, and uh, so that's probably um, how, how it happened. But uh, it was it was just an awful thing to to, to deal with. The, the only the only side of it was that it was purely accidental, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but but I know for years after, like uh, you would feel like, especially if you if you're uh, you know, out, out celebrating the county final or, or out with the old band and you're enjoying yourself, there would be a feeling of guilt that you were out, you know, just fate like that you were out there and enjoying yourself and all wasn't, you know. Uh, that, that would have lingered, like, you know, for a long time afterwards. Right. And even, even still, like, I mean, even though it, it just it was a freak accident. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, thirty six years now. Like, but uh, still, would would be, I still like uh, like um, I was unfortunate to be involved in fatal car accident um, just in recent years. Like, just down the road from where I live. Like, you know, and, um, I, I would always have a, just a private rit- ritual. If I was any time driving to to Dublin, once I get to the sign for that go, I bless bless myself. You know, but uh, and I do the same for Willie here, which means. Like uh, every single day, like uh, you, you would, you would do that. God, it's it's it's, it's terrible. The, the the thing about the the Paul um, accident, Pat, is that he was wearing a helmet and he had played on. So I presume it wouldn't have even been in your head that there was anything after happening. No, not not until not until that um, that, that radio announcement, uh, right? On the news that, that followed morning, yeah. And and you headed up to Dublin then, did you? Um, yeah, yeah, um, and um, yeah, I stayed with my brother Mick, and uh, and uh, yeah, and the family were brilliant to me, and all the Dublin, the Dublin, um, D- Dublin, Jimmy Gray, and, and all the, all the guys there were, were uh, uh, Cheddar and John Bowen come up to the funeral with me. Um, that, 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 uh, that She's absolutely absolutely terrible. And you, you mentioned that the you came on at half time in the county final. I presume um, you know, after spending the week that you know that you did, coming on at half time maybe helps you a little bit or I don't know, took your mind off it, like you said. Cheddar told me it was the biggest biggest and longest ovation he's ever he's ever heard at a GA match when you came on. Yeah, tonight I I, I, I don't I, I probably didn't even touch the ball I, 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 in, to, to be honest I, I don't have any real great recollection of the game at all really um, people would have said that to me afterwards about 
the, the, the moment of coming on and everything, but I just don't have it in my memory, you know. Right. How long, Pat, did you, did, you know, did it take before you kind of, I don't know, got back to being yourself, if you if you could? Um, well, um, probably, probably the sport was good, was good and that you just get, you get um, stuck into it again, again you know. Um, uh, I, I know, I remember um, uh, after uh, after Dad's death, death um, we had a we had a big basketball match down in St Mary's Hall. It was a cup match, so you were allowed the whole school over. And we were playing Terry Terence Listall, like we would have been way rank outsiders. And uh, and uh, Jesus, the, the girls put in a massive uh, display, like the, with the, just the emotion. And and I do remember that emotion and the hall. And we, we lost by a pint or two, but it was incredible display. And I suppose they were they were trying to give you a bit of a boost, you know, after the. After the tragedy of losing your dad, you know, um, and um, so, so a sport can be can be good that way, you know. Um, it, you immerse yourself in it, and it, it does take your your mind off off uh, off the, these things and help you helps you to heal, you know. The the, the nineteen eighty five five in a row game was obviously it was against Camros and they beat you by a goal in the last minute. Um, and that was going for the five in a row. Like, I mean, I was just a young boy in the 80s. I probably remember the 1989 final, the big row. I would have been 11 for that. Jesus, you had some battles with Camaros, uh back then, Pat. You made it, met each other the whole time. You were the two best teams in leash by a mile. Yeah, t- um, yeah t- t- I think um, uh, we, we, we would have met um, Earl in 82, Commerce in eighty three and the Harps then come on the scene in eighty four and um the the um the the uh, we're just uh, I don't know who I met there during the week that we're chatting about but uh, the the um the, the eighty four said so he'd climb over a wall to watch watch a match like at the minute, you know, at uh, even last summer there when when, when lads weren't allowed to, to go into the matches but uh, in the in eighty four, we we won four county finals in four different venues like uh, Red Downey, Boris Montrat, and then the centenary final was was in a Moor Park, but the county board opened opened the Moor Park for the play of the finals, and it wasn't really ready. Uh, we 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 um we won the football final after a replay against Ballyroan. Uh, actually, Portlaoise won the two minors that year as well. It was a brilliant year for the club, but um, with the hurling, there was just too much sand on the pitch, and um, Getting back to the Nasser, Nasser again, like uh, we 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 had just leased out um, a second field in 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 the club, like and um, so after the drawn game, the Nasser said, we're, we're trending the backfield there tonight. And we said, what the hell? As he lost a head, like uh, the backfield was was brutal pitch, like uh, getting ready for a county final. So when we went through the ditch, he brought us over to the corner here. He, he had a ladder in the ditch, and we climbed <laughs> over the ladder, and, and we. We went in and we we just poked balls down the lines, getting used to the bounce, you know, like and uh, then um, like uh, in Georgia like at, at a meeting to start, Georgia would be always giving out about the pitches and leash, like with the grass this, and the hills and all sorts. And so someone said, "Why can't we train in more park?" Like uh, and um, uh, George said, "The county board won't let us train in the more park." And Joe Keane forgot where he was. So we got get a ladder like we did and go over the. Top, you know, <laughs> The commerce lads and the harps lads have never seen us. So, um, so that was eighty four. But but uh, I I think um, I think Portlaoise and 
Commerce win all all the finals of the eighties. Won them all, yeah. And probably, yeah, probably, probably meeting to each other too many times. You know, like uh, at at uh, like I, I played over in San Francisco with um, uh, Ray Sheeran, God rest him, played against uh, Ray in the eighty one final with Commerce and uh, Leash and Corklads, um, um would have, would have formed the club in the Fina and um, with. Uh, with uh, Mick Darcy and and from Montreal and Ray Sheeran, they, they they had the 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 black and amber jerseys. So Ray used to slag me over that. I was playing with him with the, with the Congress jerseys, but over there there was only two teams. Uh, some years, like and they played the best of seven, you know, and, and they just got too too caustic. Like uh, when you were playing the same team over and over, you know. Yeah. Boiled over a little bit in '89, then you know, but. Uh, Anyway, it, it boiled it boiled over a fair bit because uh, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he said, like like I said, we were eleven at that stage, and he was up in the stand crying because he thought Cheddar was after be, after being killed in nineteen eighty nine when that whole thing. I've I have a very clear recollection of Jimmy Keenan being put Mark and P, was a PJ Cuddy because PJ Cuddy was like the big kind of, like a big bully, I suppose, a good hurler, but everybody was afraid to mark him except for Jimmy Keenan, and I don't know, like I mean, like. Was it completely toxic that rivalry, or was there were, would there have been friendships then out, out off the field? I would. It was. Uh, it was actually Martin Cody. Like there was a or Martin Cody. That was it between um, PJ and Martin. But like, but like uh, you, you know, like J- Jimmy spoke for for Martin at the hearing. You know, like um, and uh, uh, you, you, you know, like would have great respect for 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 Martin PJ and, and all the guys like. Uh, it 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 was uh, I just I just spilled over that day and and um, and uh, it, no it it wasn't nice but it was uh, it, it it happened and uh, you know but but no there be there would be great friendships like uh, you know there's great respect between uh, hurlers you know like fantastic hurlers like uh, like Frank Keane and Derby I just missed out playing with Frank he he just uh, Finished just before I started. Um, fabulous hurler, and um, and uh, and I I um I worked with with uh, the great times with Big Sean Cuddy with Leash. Like afterwards, uh, uh, fantastic. It's it's a great sayings, and and uh, uh, I remember we played a practice match. Uh, Neil Reedney would 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 tell you about um, against Watford. We got a bit of a hiding, and uh, and uh, um, Sean got got all the. The jerseys he, and threw them on, and so he put the forwards put the jerseys in one pile in the midfield. So there was three piles of jerseys, and he said he went to the, the backs like uh, we least only scored eight points against Waterford. Like uh, the backs, so they they feel that sweat like and the midfielders feel that sweat. The forwards dry as snuff. He says eight points in an hour. Is it? I often drank eight points in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he'd have he'd have a great way about him like and um, you know we. We, we 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 got on we got on like like a house of fire with 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 those leash teams that were uh, managing. I, th- I think I think I think your managerial career. There's been there's been so many teams, Pat. But the one I thought was interesting was Airog, and I was old enough to remember this, you know, fairly well. That Airog obviously won four Leinster's, un- unlucky not to win an All Ireland. You know, that was heartbreak. And I don't know what it was about Port Leash. We always used to be listening to Airog back then and hoping that they'd win it. 
And then they, they lost the county final the year after their fourth um, Leinster. They were they beaten in the All-Ireland final that year, the semi-final, I think, maybe. And everybody thought they went on the following year then and lost the county final. And the whole talk then was that's the end of that a rogue team. So it might some people might think it's an attractive job, but when you took them over, it probably wasn't looking like that attractive a job. Even I think the players even themselves thought they'd come to the end of the road. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I remember um, I went over to have a meeting with them. With Turlock O'Brien was was uh, was, uh, was was the main the main man organising at the, at the time. Uh, but when I met with Turlock and uh, and the committee. They, they actually had had. Um, I said that 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 when when they they set set up about um, about putting things in place, they they, they had um, they had tried to emulate Portlaoise, you know, um, what Portlaoise had done in 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 the in the eighties. Um, you know, to say that uh, uh, whereas Carl Warlish might might have been winning Leinster's or All Ireland's clubs from Carl Warlish could. You know, and um, but but I remember they, they saying to me that night that um, that there's some of the older lads think that they're having another shout in them. But uh, if if you want to just uh, uh, develop a whole new team and and uh, and develop again, that's fine as well. You know, so we we just we got going at it, and um, you know some of the older lads like like uh, Garvin Ware and and uh, Joe, Joe Murphy was the captain, and we were training away and got and. Um, until then, then we had a just a meeting after training one night, and it just blew a look. And, and they went like, uh, just Pat, you know that, you know that four call in line, sort of like uh, Joe, Joe Murphy said, uh, we're doing for, we should be doing ten of those, you know. And they, they really look for you, you knew you kind of had them then, you know, like the, right. they, they were looking to be driven, and you know, and uh, I remember Tuesday night, Joe crawling over the, the line and four call in line and said. Uh, just Joe, you were going to do a ten of those the other night, you know. You, like it was a bit of crack there as well. Like you, you have to have that bit of crack. Like and um, but then we just got on on a roll. And I, I do remember um, Joe had retired from the from the inter county, but we we got a practice match against Mullingar, and uh, we went up to watch Carla play Westmead, and um, and just we 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 had a very poor performance. It was dire, like and got well beaten and sat into the bus with Joe, like and. Um, and just after a beating like that, like I said, uh, Joe, the, Pat, the biggest problem we'll have is getting out of Carlo. If we can get out of Carlo, he says everything will kick in. Like we we have the tradition, like you know. And uh, it's an amazing thing to say just after so poor a, a practice game, but that's actually the way it happened. Once we once we won Carlo, just uh, the the whole thing um, uh, took off, and it took three games to win against Kilmacud, like. Uh, and we only scraped the first two, like we just dogged it out, like. And um, Willie Quinlan got injured. I remember driving Willie to, to um, the, I think the star had, um, they, they used to get an injection with his ribs, like. But the the, the cartilage had, had had tore away, like. And uh, but he, he was talking about some player that got back in a week. You know, he was wanting to play the following Sunday. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't, and he wanted to get this injection. I remember driving him down after the Leinster final to Carla to get this injection, but. Um, he he uh, he didn't get back to following Sunday, but then after Christmas, then um, uh, he had a super game for us. He got an early goal that really set us up. Uh, we played brilliant football in the tour again, and um, over over the over the Christmas, we because it was unusual, like uh, the three games and having to get over. We got um, Fiona Kelly, who was the PE teacher in in Leo's, and you were from the basketball. And, 
we, we, we stopped doing the outer and we went in. We, we did a little bit of indoor soccer and indoor hockey and basketball and threw in a few drills as well. But we, we, we um, it, it really kind of uh, worked for us. Like it, uh, it changed the thing up a little bit and then we got going again uh, after the Christmas break there. That, that worked really well for us that, that time as well. But, uh, yeah, I think... Cross McGlenn ended up beating you then. That was that brilliant Cross, Mc, yeah. Cross McGlenn team. But nobody expected that Leinster and especially, you know, the three games against Kilmacroke. Joe Murphy speaks very fondly um, of you, Pat. He was t- saying, we haven't done a lap of the field all year. He's been a breath of fresh air. And you'd have a unique enough, probably, coaching style. Well, everything's done with the ball anyway. I know that, you know, most of it's done with the ball. And in the 90s, I suppose, especially at club level, that would have been very unusual. Yeah, like um, well, let's say over, over the years, like I, th- I think you got you got a smart use of time, you know, and um, and and so the 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 more that that you're 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 using the ball, the better. Like um, you you, you know, we, we probably might have lost that uh, that balance, you know, um, uh, in in recent years. Like uh, you know, I, th- I think um. I, I think sometimes we, we look at professional game and um, and we take aspects of the professional game, but you, but some some sometimes coaches don't don't adapt that to to training an amateur team, you know. Like uh, for example, like I remember there was there was uh, was huge emphasis on on the the sack, the speed, agility, quickness programs, you know. So so like um, there, there was you know the hurdles and the ladders and. Yeah. Just not, I I found that equipment brilliant for nursery in the primary schools, senior infants, and setting up little games. You know, with 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 those like the Olympics we played and all of that. But in actual fact, looking at a lot of clubs, like uh, sometimes they were, they were spending half an hour on 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 the sack, and if they were only training twice a, a week, that w- that was a third of their training time was gone doing sack. And then when you looked at it, um, technically a lot of the players didn't have good uh, fundamental footwork for the sidestep for beating players for a drop step we, we'd be used to that from the basketball like from the world going to basketball footwork was a fundamental of the game you know and um, but I didn't find it the footwork was coached very well in 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 the GA you know if it if, if at all and um, so 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 you've got to have smart use of time like and uh, probably doing laps of the field back in the 90s wasn't probably smart use of time and um, you know so we would keep everything with the ball keep everything dynamic and uh, uh, and it, it worked for us at that time yeah I remember Colin Brown when he was the leash manager was a huge fan of those ladders and those uh, those things we spent a lot of time uh, running in around him you you name your warm-ups and everything don't you Pat the Carlo IT lads responded really well to them you, you give your different drills different names yeah, yeah. Well, you see, like, um, like we put, uh, we call it kind of name the game, like or name, name drill. We've, we've from 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 the years over the years in the school, like, um, um, it it brings a huge sharpness to the. You know, so you, you you might need to explain something when you're doing it for the first time, you know. But after that, they know, like, uh, like the girls could be playing um, a a fast break uh, game, and. Uh, if if red have have the ball, uh, if if I blow the whistle stop the game, I'll I'll, I'll throw the ball to the black team, and shout um, you know uh, two teams shooting twenty number one, you know like and immediately they're sprinting to the basket, um, 
they, they know that it's the, the, the drill is two-team shooting, uh, that they've got, got to score 20 to win and they've got to shoot from the number one spot. Right. You know, all all in a split second and probably probably number one is closest to the basket. So, like, when, when they've got technique, like... Um, you're not going to you're going to you're going to hit ninety percent there. So so probably the, the 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 team that gets the first shot away is probably going to win, you know, unless they make make too many mistakes on the shots. Like so 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 that 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 um, that shouting the name going and uh, it it quickens the mind like and quickens the reactions and um, and it, it it makes players sharper because it's a very fast sharp game and that's the way you've got to train. So the name in the game really helps that like, found. and also like you're not um, you're not saying like, you go to the blue marker and then you come back here and you go to the green marker you, you know like they're, they're more concerned with where they're supposed to be going than what they're doing you know and uh, so 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 you, so you don't you don't have that like the the one question I would be asked over the years if people ring you or meet you like for, uh, Pat what you have would would you have um, a, a good drill for a bit of variety, you know, and um, and and like you know, I'd make the point. It's you know, it's not a variety show. Like, uh, <laughs> what, you know, what what do you want the drill to do? And and um, and uh, the 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 point to make like variety is fine, but not at the detriment of the of of the reinforcement, the diligent reinforcement of the fundamentals of the game, you know. Which, which you need to do, like, and and and, and the reinforcement of your, your game plan, like, through mainly through phase games and and, and playing ga- games and putting names in those games helps that. I think that's the big thing. I was only talking about that on the show not so long ago, and the drills and the drills, and you could spend fifty minutes going through from drill to drill, and they might have no relevance to a game, and neither are they connected to a game by the manager. And it's just like, why? Are, you know, some managers might be proud of themselves that they might know ten different drills and move you around, and they're kind of irrelevant, like you say, as a variety show, unless you're making some connection with them and what you want to do. Yeah, I think every single thing you do, and like, like sometimes. It, we might be doing the the the, the Laszlo, Laszlo drill with the post that would have, would have adapted from basketball to, to the football. But but I would explain to the guy, listen, like as we turn over that ball and we want to catapult up the field at pace, like we need to be able to handle the ball at ferocious pace, explosive pace. That's what we're doing. That's why we're doing this drill, and we need to do it well, you know. And um, so like they're, they're given a lot of their time, so they, they need to know why you're doing things in. In, and if you're not able to tell them, then you have to question why you're doing it yourself, you know. Um, and and sometimes um, it, it's the games like like, uh, like first year basketball, we, we we would have a very basic game, and it's just pass forward game, you know. And and uh, and basically there's no dribbling, so it's putting pressure on 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 the girl's footwork. Like when she catches the ball, she has to pivot and scan to see what's there. Now there's nothing ahead of her. She can't pass sideways, can't pass back. That's the only. That's the only. Uh, as it unbelievable to say, a simple little game. Like but, uh, <laughs> but it, but it's a huge game in in that. Um, the huge emphasis on that is is what's happening off the ball. So you can't play the game without good off the ball movement. You know, and 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 eventually then you start getting a, pl- a player getting in 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 a forward position for to get the ball. So you're moving the ball quicker up the court. But eventually then you get a player reading it two passes ahead so that they're reading where the ball is going to go and they're going to be ahead of that again you know and uh, and then once across the three pointer we allow them to recycle and swing the ball 
because uh, you're not going to pass it over the end line, you know. But, but it's it's a, it's a very simple game, but it's it's a it's a fundamental game that we play um, to get really good off the ball movement, you know. And um, so 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 there, it's it's a, and and rather than having twenty games that we play like say uh, for the sixteen A or C, sixteen or senior uh, teams like. Uh, we got really, really good at fast break game, at full court press game. What, what, what now they're calling the high press in in, um, football, in football? Yeah. Like we 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 would have been playing that in the seventies, you know. Um, <laughs> well, that's you know the full court high pressure, you know. Like yeah. the same. Fundamentals and principles are the same, you know. And like uh, uh, so, so like I, I asked uh, Pat Dalton, of course, does in the seventies. Like how was how was the was the basketball so influential in Durham? And he made a point that um, that basketball was was a professional game um, in the early part of the last century, come back on and off in the twenties and thirties. Like, and when you think of it, like um, um, Hefo and Miko played in nineteen seventy four was the, probably the first time that we really had inverted commas the managers, you know, and uh, nineteen seventy four, which was half a century after basketball was professional. You know, like, so there's, there was a huge amount of learning um, uh, in, in the game of basketball and then for, for, for a long, long time um, before we, 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 we got, really got into coaching in, 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 uh, in our games. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, come here, so Pat, you weren't only just an all-round sportsman and a manager of all sorts of different teams across sports. Um, you were into the music as well. So you were an accordion player and you were in the band called The Drowning Fish. And your manager at the time, forward slash security guard, was none other than our own Cheddar Plunkett. And he joins us on the line now. Welcome back to the show, Cheddar. Thanks, Willie. Say hello to Pat as well. How are things? How are you, Chad? How are you going? Good now. I'd say, Willie, that manager was a very loose term now. I can say. <laughs> as far as that shower was concerned, it was more psychologist, driver, minder, any of those adjectives that would have described it a bit better, to be honest. So, so that was it. The name of the band was The Drowning Fish, and that had to change to The Mere Mortals pretty quickly because Emotional Fish uh, Cheddar kind of hit it big and ruins your name. Yeah, they did a little bit all right. Yeah, we, we, we sort of took a good business decision on that one at the time. Woolly took a few weeks actually in, in, in uh, thinking it out, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I suppose a lot we were sort of running gigs and bands and that at the time for a few years before that. And uh, some of Pat's friends and my friends were um, in the music, you know, were more into music, maybe more than sport and that. Um, and um, including my own brother, Ali, and Paul, and uh, Paul. Brophy and Dick Duff and a few of them and um, I suppose between everything put a band together as such and and um, you know had great fun along the way um, I suppose Pat had a key part to play in that you know obviously you know from his sport he's a very and from his work he's a very creative person so on the serious side from songwriting and that was was good but he also had a fair part to play in the general mayhem that followed as well <laughs> so so yeah look there were great times great times to be with pat and great times to be together with that so pat just to, to give us an idea like i mean you made the dave fanning show you played at the fela down in turles which was absolutely huge i i think i was at the last one in 95 rage against the machine was at that you toured the country in a little small van yeah, um, I kind of I kind of started off as a joke. We we were over on holidays in Spain. I remember, it was the Ben Hur Hotel was the place where we were staying, and uh, we got these T-shirts where we had a 
a salmon diving into a pint of Guinness and the drowning fish and uh, and Ollie convinced Antonio who owned the department that we were a band, you know, and Ollie was just beginning to um to, to learn how to play the guitar at the time and um and uh, didn't Antonio book us in for a gig in, in, in the lounge on, on the Thursday night like and uh, that that day it rained so we, we were on the we were on the tear kind of during the day uh, and Chad and Billy Vaughan kind of saw what was kind of developing and the, the clear, cleared out and uh, it ended up there was Ollie with a guitar and myself and Benny Donovan with two hurls on the stage and three tequilas and we started off the first thing it, it's another tequila sunrise and lamp the three tequilas down started into the, 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 the first song and myself and Benny were doing our impression of the, the ZZ top moves with the, with the hurls and Ollie, Ollie could play pretty good at the start, but when he tried to get, uh, synchronize with our movements, uh, uh, he couldn't play at all. Like, and the, the crowd started turning around. So I, I said to Ollie, "Says Ollie, I, t- I think we're losing the crowd here. I may go solo." You know, and uh, took took out a schlitter and started scrolling around, and I tapped it over this old lady's head. It said, "Well, are you enjoying the gig?" Said, and she says, you're, you're, making, "You're making a disgrace with the Irish." Says, "You know." So the band are enjoying it, you know, and that became our motto then, as long as the band enjoyed it, you know. Uh, but then when we got back and got going, then got a bit more serious about it, but we always had that crack along, along the way, like uh, we're done. Um, uh, the Pogues were, were, were headlining down and failing 90. We got, we got the backstage passes, we had a brilliant weekend, and, uh, but at one stage uh, Shane was taken into it bottle of vodka in the tent like and uh, Paul Marin was our, our lead singer um, he went, I went to college with him but I I, I had uh, I, I had lost uh, most of my teeth from from the hurling from a, an injury against Tip like at, uh, and uh, what's his Ali says uh, Jesus he says there's there's my going over there not, not hooking toot in his head and he never been <laughs> 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 yeah, great gallery yeah um, yeah, so, so as as Cheddar Soviet changed to the the mere mortals, and and uh, and in, in between, I, th- I think we, we were the, um, the we, we had a few other other names in between. Like we used to go into the Rose of Tralee there and play down there. Uh, we actually would 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 uh, we, we would say that we played in the Pint Depot, but um, it was actually Charlie's Bar at the front of the Pint Depot as where we got the gig like and. And we always needed a big stage for kind of lapping around the place with the uh, cheddar and the lads. They went out and they got um, uh, the car park signs or plywood like and built out the stage. But at one stage, myself and Paul Marin were, were jumping up and down to the, the chorus. Um, so the, the, the plywood was rotten. Like we, we went straight through it. Like and once we knew we were going, we made a meet, we, we disappeared all together. Like and. The boys kept playing, and then we jumped up for the chorus, you know, like because uh, the crowd went mad. Then we came back up for the chorus, and this double was saying, uh, uh, "Cheers, the boys! Your man's a jewel, you know." And then he wanted, "You should sue them, sue them for the for the for, for the stage." Like, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember, uh, yeah, it was good, brilliant crack. Like Cheddar had to put up with a lot, like those those years. I tell you, trying to trying to manage that. Did you ever sack any of them, Cheddar? 
Um, no, there was a, a couple of meetings had, or a couple of discussions <laughs> had at different times. Um, I know it was it was it was absolutely savage crack. And at, at the time, we were all you know the hurling side of the band were sort we were, were sort of finishing up a little bit in the hurling. Um, um, so you could do these things in you know in the off season, but just look on the, on the serious note. I don't know where the band were playing one. I think it might have been in the Bagadin. They used to play a lot in the Bagadin, which was a great live venue in Dublin at the time. And I think it was there that Maddie Fox saw the band. Maddie Fox obviously was manager of Christy Moore at the time for, for a good number of years and would have managed a number of bands and that and, and became very interested in the band actually it got very serious at one stage you know the band would have produced I suppose a number of albums and singles and videos and TV shows and what have you uh, quite at the same time you know having, having a great great time but um, I suppose everybody was working like so you just couldn't commit to a full time but, but but it got it got serious around that stage actually until uh, we saw a little bit more sense and pulled back um, but yeah, God, it was it was just fantastic fun and fantastic crack. Um, well, I'd say it was for the boys. For me, it was a little bit different because we could be playing in Galway, we could be playing in Limerick or something like that. And you know, you'd be by the time you have your stuff packed away and in the and in the van, you might be leaving there at three or four o'clock in the morning. And of course, the minute you'd leave Galway, is all you'd hear is snores. Um, and you'd have to be into work then again the following morning. You might get home, get the breakfast, go straight into work. And and uh, ah, but look, it was it was. It was brilliant. There were a great uh, bunch of, you know, great, great lads, all great friends that were really interested in enjoying life. And I'd say Pat was the most creative on that side is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's actually un- it's unusual, Pat. I don't know. When I was growing up, the lads that were into bands were into bands and the lads that played the GEA were into the GEA. You know, they might play a bit of soccer, but there was it wouldn't have been that much crossover between the music and the sport. No, it wouldn't. And probably... Um... When Cheddar was, was saying there, when when it did begin to get a little bit more se- serious, like a uh, problem, like uh, Cheddar couldn't book gigs around it because ma- mainly myself and Des Rigney would, would would have games, you know, whether it be rugby for Des or or the, the hurling or f- uh, football, or, but um, and and I remember we were saying that we should nearly step down at the bike because the other the other four guys were were really into the music, like uh, like you know, like for. Dick Duff and Ollie and Paul, the two Pauls, like music was there number one, you know, like, and we felt we were holding them back, like, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but the band just stayed together to, 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 to enjoy the camaraderie, uh, uh, as well. But, um, like, like, uh, Ollie has a music studio now to go the neck, um, studio's a fantastic setup out there. Dick Duff still playing, um, away there, like, anytime you watch Dick playing the drums, like, he's, He's 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 just uh, uh, he just puts in good fun, even looking at him, you know, let alone the, the rhythm that he has, you know. Um, and I, I go and watch um, watch the valves there that he plays with. Any chance of getting Portlaoise there? Portlaoise is a great, great town for for uh, live music venues before the COVID, like, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get back to that. But uh, remember, his his mom was uh, we used to always um, hit Dick with the drummer jokes, you know, but. Um, uh, about a year or two, his his man was in at uh, in the back of Cavanaugh's there at the gig, like, and uh, afterwards we were chatting, and I said, uh, I said, uh, Mrs. Duff, do you remember um, when Dick was a young lad, uh, when when he asked you uh, uh, about what he, uh, he said that when he, when he was going to grow up, he was going to grow up to be a drummer, and do you remember what you said to him? You said, uh, "No, Dick, uh, you can't do both." <laughs> Which is a fair, a fair, a fair enough comment, Cheddar. How did yeah. you get them onto the fela? Um, 
I suppose we just had like a lot of things. You had friends around the place. Um, at, at that stage, it was actually very, very difficult to get on. Uh, you know, Irish bands weren't treated anything like they were in later years. Um, you know, if you had a gig like that or a support slot, generally speaking, the gig was run by the record company of the major band that was coming into Ireland. And of course, they'd only put on their own um, bands that were on their um, that were on in their stable as support slots, and it was quite difficult to do, do that. And equally, even just getting into Carlos and getting, you know, you you really need to be in the charts and that sort of thing. Actually, the band were in the charts at the time, if my memory serves me correct, Pat. I think it went to number ten with with, with a single at the time. Now there was some fair. Um, Skull Duggery went on to get it up to number 10, I can tell you. Um, but uh, I think with sort of friends around the place at the time, and of course you lean on people to open doors for you and to get into it. Actually, I remember another time, um, some of the older listeners I might remember, uh, Bob, Bob, the Rats played their first really, really big gig was in Palo Foca House up in Wicklow. And about 10 years after that, I mean, the Rats were gone at this stage and Bob Geldof was, was uh, a solo at the time and somebody decided it was a great idea to bring him back to Paolo Fuca and we actually supported him up there but the first time that Bob played there there was about ten or 15,000 people at it but the next time that he played there which was the time we played there there was about 150 people at it <laughs> um, and uh, it wasn't anything as a successful gig but but to go back to your question Wooly, um ah look you just lean on people like you're doing a lot of things in life I suppose What, what was Bob Geldof like Pat? Um, we, we never got paid for that gig afterwards. <laughs> That's true. I think he, he, he owes us for the gig, and I think Paul Marin owes him for, for, for a microphone. So I said, <laughs> <laughs> Did you make any money out of the band, Pat? Uh, we got we got fifty pounds the first Christmas from the manager there, and a hundred pounds the second Christmas, and we're still waiting for a hundred and fifty. Um, <laughs> In, in fairness, um, in fairness, we just put the money back into producing videos and 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 uh, CDs and stuff like. Um, as as Chad said, we 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 managed to get it into the chart. We used to be on a program called the Beatbox, which was a Sunday morning program that uh, that showed music videos. So we featured on that a good bit. Uh, uh, we we played at barbecue out at Tucker for for that um, that, that single that went into the charts and. And I think it was uh, it you, you paid into the gig, and instead of it being a fiver, it was seven pounds, and you got the CD. So we we we, we uh, there was there was maybe about fifteen hundred sold that night, like in one venue. So that kind of how, how how we managed the charts part of it. Yeah, and then uh, when you left the Mere Mortals, then they changed kind of perfect skins. The the kind of change into that, and now Ollie Cheddar is in the Lost Messiahs. I actually acted in one of his videos there not so long ago. I played a scumbag Cheddar, so I don't know whether I should read anything into that or not from from, from Ollie. I was surprised you were you were allowed into the last session in in Fela, actually, Ollie. But I was in Ollie's studio there. Uh, I yeah, oh, look, um, I suppose um, a number of the lads were. They were, we were all friends, I suppose, first of all. We were just talking about this particular subject. We were all friends, so they used to support us in the hurling. There used to be a big, big group would follow our club hurling at the time, um, as well as county. Um, so it was sort of a crossover between friends here, I suppose. Um, and um, But, yeah, look, a lot of the, the lads who were serious about music went on. And, uh, I mean, look, we all, we're all interested in music, still are to this day, and so is Pat, uh, but just not to the, to the level that would have been back then. Um, but but look, it was just mayhem a lot of the time. It was great, great fun, great, great crack. Um, and uh, look, it was made really by by the lads themselves. They were just great people, really, really funny people to be around. 
um, a bit of hurling cheddar before we finish up. So um, this is obviously a tribute show to Pat. I heard you saying on A Hurler's Life with Brian Carroll that he wasn't just a box-to-box midfielder, he was a parish-to-parish midfielder. So it was a fair way of summing up Pat's energy around the field. Yeah, I've forgotten that. And unfortunately, um, I was one of the people that had to attest to that, I suppose, a lot of the time when we'd be training um, to play a bit in midfield. Pat played most of it in midfield. And, you know, we might be marking one another. And we had a trainer at the time. He's still with us, thankfully, Tom Lawler. Um, and he had a, he had a, actually, he had a fantastic way. We know we were talking there recently about uh, game-based coaching. Now, he had a very strange way about game-based coaching, but it was around that. It was very much around the 15 and 15. Um, and he'd sort of, he'd have, he'd, he'd have a different way of putting conditions on games. Throughout the game, one team might be two or three points ahead of the other. Now, that mightn't be the way it was on the scoreboard, but of course, it would be hugely competitive. And, and it was my job to try and play on Pat. Um, and you would, you know, like, like anything, you would do something, you might catch the ball and strike it, which when you look around, Pat could be the far end of the field, so here you were jogging off after him again, you know. So, so yeah, he was incredible, incredibly athletic player, Pat. I'm, I'm speaking now as if he's as if he's not a part of the show here. But even um, the, I suppose there's a lot of players, Woolly, that have achieved a lot in a particular sport. But the there's there's not that many players that have achieved a lot in a lot of sports. I mean, everybody knows Pat's hurling and football. Um, I I was lucky enough to see a novel lot of division won National League basketball when Port Leisha and Port Arrington were Division One at the time. And, and Pat, I think Pat, you correct me if I'm wrong, you were a pine guard. I would have no doubt in saying this, and Pat will probably bait me after the show, uh, that he was he was definitely the ability to play Irish international basketball for what I could see on it. And he just happened to turn up one day at a Leash Novice Cross Country Championship and just went out and won the bloody thing. Um, so that, that sort of backs up my box to box or my parish to parish theory about Pat and the athleticism that he had. He was an incredibly athletic person. Yeah, the, the 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 one match I wanted to mention that the two of you to the two of you, Pat was the one. It's it's just heartbreaking for Portlaoise really because I don't think it ever was done before. It was the nineteen eighty seven Leinster final. I was at this match. I was at both the football and the hurling matches. I remember being with them with the father. It was the goal in the last minute against Ratnewer. You'd drawn with Parnells in the football. I think that was in Newbridge, and then you lost by a, a last minute goal to Ratnewer, and then went and beat Parnells in the replay patch. Would have it would have been a Leinster. A club double for Port Leash. Yeah, the, 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 I think we played thirteen weekends in a row, like uh, in in that run, and um, and as, as I said, we, we we drew against Parnells, and the following uh, Sunday was was uh, against Retinue, and we really when we look back in the game, we we probably should have been eight or ten points up, um, but we were just three, and um, they, they hit a goal, and then. John Taylor broke from from half back and put over a, a, a point from about sixty yards. I remember uh, Paul Bergen then hit another point from the sideline, about fifty yards under the stand. Like there were two points, having got the sucker of the goal, there were two points to win any game, and they just went into injury time and kept going. And then so they they, they got the second goal. Um, I, I remember um, Con- Connie Conroy saying there. Uh, that that um, he went down with his mother, he's a, a, a God rest her, and, and um, that they got into the car and they didn't. There wasn't a word said the whole the whole way back. Like uh, the, the the supporters were just numb after after the game, like because we we knew we had left it behind. As um, kind of maybe it was a little bit similar 
uh, in recent years there when we lost to to Billy Bowden, I remember, in the football um, Leinster final. Uh, you know, we came out of the field and said, Jesus, how, how, how do we lose that game? But uh, it kind of knocked the stuffing out of that team as well, you know, and then we, we beat Parnells in the replay the following Sunday. Uh, so it would have been a Leinster double that I, I don't think was, was, was ever achieved and probably probably unlikely ever to be achieved, you know, so came very, very close to it. What's your memory of that, um, Cheddar? Like, I mean, heartbreaking, heartbreaking end to a game. Uh, yeah, the memory is very clear on it, uh, Wooly, as the biggest, probably biggest regret and hurling for all of us. I'd say, you know, Pat obviously has had huge success um, at Inter County and that, but probably from our club. We were, we were never the same team after that. Um, you know, that was our, I suppose that was the day that if we had a won it, we might have went on and done other things. But incidentally, Pat coached and trained us in that. That's why we actually got there probably in the first place. Um, but but uh, during that year, like we would have beaten um, awfully champions, Rhinus and Glenmore, I think from the Kenny. My mind's a bit hazy here now, to be honest with you. But we would have beaten a lot of teams. But actually in the challenging matches throughout that summer, we would have beaten all the top clubs around. You know, we were really, really flying at the time. Um, and we're just caught by a sucker punch, really, I suppose, um, in a great game. People often talk to me about that game, and it's a long time ago now. Um, but, yeah, huge regrets over it. Um, we, we, as a team, we never recovered after that, to be honest. You you were player manager then, Pat, at that stage? Uh, yeah. yeah trainer, the, player, the, player trainer? The player coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah at that, that time. Um, you, you know, in, in the... Um, in. In the early eighties, like uh, because you were going to the PE college, like George Larry or Nasser, Jimmy would say, "Well, the, the way to put it to you, will you do if you exercise the stuff with the lads?" You know, so so I would gradually do, be doing a little bit um, at that stage. But uh, in eighty seven, then I was uh, player player coach, um, and uh, yeah, as Cheddar said, like I I, I remember one, uh, even though it was only a challenge match in particular against Middleton, like Middleton had a but six of the Cork team like uh, John Fenton the Hartnett's Mulcahy Kevin Hennessy and 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 we 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 beat him by by nine or ten points like uh, down just outside in a pitch just outside Mitchelltown it was a fabulous uh, display like but again it was only the challenge match and we lost the one that counted afterwards um yeah but it was a great uh, a, a great time but uh, huge regret over that, that that game above all the games we ever played that's the thing, because Cheddar, I was mentioning to Pat that in Port Leash have only ever won 11 county county titles in hurling, and you won seven of them in 11 years, but you never won that Leinster, I suppose. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a huge regret for that team. I suppose in the earlier part of it, um, Woolley, we just didn't put it into it. Uh, you know, the thinking at the time was to, you know, Port Leash hadn't won a hurling for 43 years. And incidentally, it was, has a great history in hurling going way, way back um, uh, to the early years, but but had lost out big time for a long time and hadn't won since '43. I think it was '81 when we won next. Um, so got on a, a lot of momentum. Hurling was probably the number one sport in the town at the time, even though the, even though football was still winning. Um, and uh, I suppose that was the the apex really of the performance of that team and then to lose a Leinster and we sort of faded away. Uh, we came back to another Leinster in 98 maybe with the remnants of that team but, yeah. but that team sort of broke up really at that stage. Um, still still massive regret about that. It's like, it's you know, I know there's an awful lot of your listeners that would be in the same boat um, and that would have lost bigger games in terms of All-Irelands and inter-counties and all of that. But just for that group of players that had put a lot into it, and particularly that year, had shown real, real form, a very, very balanced team, great physicality about the team. 
uh, that day it was in Nolan Park. It was a, a damp day, but yet the hurling was smashing hurling. Um, and just to lose it in the circumstance that we did, we just never got back to that again for some reason. Yeah. What, 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 before I let the two of you go, um, Pat, I was asked to ask you, what's the James Stevens connection with Port Leash? Because you, you managed them first. Uh, Niall Rigney managed them um, then about 10 years ago and Cheddar managed them the last two years. Is this, is, that's Georgie Lahey's club. Is that the connection, Pat, or is this just kind of chance? Um, well, I, I know um, I know. I went down to, to coach them at, uh, as as far as, as far as as I'm aware, that the, uh, um, the, there was there was some kind of uh, rift or infight in the club, and they felt that it was the first time they ever went for someone outside uh, to come in because of that. Like uh, I, I I still don't know who was on either side. <laughs> when you win the coach, you just coach like what you have in front of you. You know, and, uh, two great years ago we lost the um, the, the semi final by a pint boat both times uh, uh, DJ went off concussed the first year at score and then uh, he came he came back on after being concussed and put a free over the bar for the win it uh, uh, and, uh, at the death uh, from about 60 yards on the sideline and uh, we lost to a Lachlan's with two late points in, in the time the following year the year after that then the, it was actually the, the 2004 uh, Willie that that, that uh, Portlaoise lost by uh, to Ballinada, they, they won the All Ireland. Uh, then uh, Niall had a great run with them, and they won the county final with Niall. And Cheddar had a fantastic run with them there uh, for the last two years. So there's a it, it has developed as a great um, connection. They're a fantastic club, like of it had, had a great uh, experience down there, um, and um, they 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 loved their hurling and uh, their fantastic tradition. Um, I, I remember when I went down. Um, you know, I'll say from as from a coaching perspective, you have to kind of make a connection. Like, but um, but I, I remember uh, the first meeting that we had with them. That uh, that that I said I, I remember going down playing a challenge match against the village when we were a young team uh, in the late seventies, and uh, and um, that that the thrill that we had of actually playing the village. Um, showed showed the, the the high regard that the club had throughout the country. You know, like we, we were thrilled to be going down to playing against the Brian Cody's and the Joe Hennessy's of of that time. And um, but then the other connection I was like in, in the room in front of me. Uh, I'd say most of the players in front of me had won an All Ireland medal at some at some uh, level, uh, and 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 some of them at the senior. Level. So uh, so I, I said to him that. Um, that uh, I can't talk to you about the experience of winning an All Ireland in Crow Park because I've never done that. I said, but what I can, like they hadn't won a, a county final now for, for 20 years. Like, but I said, but I, I can talk to you about Rat Downey in 1981. The last, that was the last year that um, that the village had won a final. I said, but it was the first year that we won a final in 40 years. Like, and and I can tell you about that experience, like uh, with with old men crying in the field and the emotion, and I said, uh, and I, I want this group to have that experience uh, again, you know, like and uh, so so it. Uh, but uh, we we met great great uh, great friends, as as you do when you go on a journey like that uh, uh, down there, and still have great uh, great uh, time for that club. Uh, I know I know um, a fan and Philly, like my, my dad. 
would 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 have come down to a lot of the training sessions. Um, and uh, I remember saying to to Philly that my dad had seen three um, three Larkins win all Ireland's uh, fans, dad, fan, and Philly. You know, like uh, they they were they were up at my dad's funeral, and um, yeah, great great connections there. There, there certainly is. Pat, I'm not going to take up any more of your time um, or Cheddar's. Uh, this was a tribute show to you, Pat. So thanks very much for taking the time out um, to do it. Like I said at the start, you're a Port Leash and Leash legend. And one thing that always sticks out with me with you, Pat, is that you could go anywhere in Leash, despite any rivalries, any, you know, kind of talk like that. You could go anywhere in Ireland. And there's not, I'm yet to meet someone who would ever say anything even remotely negative about you, Pat. So I think that's a that's a fair reflection of you as a person and we know what you're like as a as a as a sportsman as a manager and a musician as as cheddar's after filling us in so thanks very much pat um and we'll leave it at that and thanks cheddar as well thanks Willie. thanks Willie. we're going to play you out with the song that was played at the start of the show it's called the port leash queen it was written by christy conroy and it's a great town song so we'll play you out with that we'll talk to you next week good luck in the year of the sunshine, the year we said that we'd sail across the sea A bunch of the boys, all natives of the town We were going on a voyage to sea With a lovely little boat and when ready to float She was the nicest that ever you've seen When of them digging where hand The brass and weed band they played us to the Port Alicia Queen We had big Jack Bum Rosa with the sun Jimmy here from the Central Hotel With lively Larry King Like a bird on the wing Frank Bean just the sound as a bell We had water from the bridge Of the lady from the ridge Charlie Porter came up from the green and for fearless Addy we didn't make room on the crew of the Port Alicia Queen Tommy Higgins he supplied us with a clothing for the trip Bill Campbell gave us ten barrels of snow Mick Will and he threw in a few old books legs and some rabbits with the mix so there's no doubt and as for Jimmy Brown, no, he didn't let us down With apples and oranges nice and clean Billy Dunn was the man with his noble horse and cart That brought him to the Port Alicia Queen We were nine days at sea between you and me Sure the bodies weren't going to well Then the lane he got drunk the lawler was a scope Oh, then that started holy hell They were fighting for a week Until the boat took the leak But he was a man so keen Steering back through the tides He saved all the height Of the crew of the boat Alicia Queen Now I'm back here again With those courageous men who braved the mountain tides with foaming cream Just to keep your minds from troubling Our little boats in Dublin In a place called the National Museum 
So my advice to you would never venture on the blue. You may never only see. Trust and skill or care, but someone's prayer that saved us on the border. Thank you.